The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Kelsey, 15 minutes away, Matt Schick. Next hour, Coach Manning joins us at 525. Mitch Sherman joins us now with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, did you have the overs or unders last night? On the uh, Cowboys and, and, uh, and Bucks. Bucks. Is that what we're talking about? On the yes. mid- over, over three and a half missed extra points? No. Is that the question? <laughs> no, no, no I, did, I didn't know there was such a problem. Well, you probably could have gotten pretty good odds on that one. If somebody bet that, they're probably uh, a millionaire now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what I would have taken. I don't even know what the number was on it, but uh, what they scored forty-five, so mm-hmm. probably uh, would have come in. I would have. Uh, I would have come in under that. I don't. I don't know. I didn't think about it. No, we had a caller say uh, the silver lining with Maher was the unders hit because of those missed extra points. Uh, because of him. Yes. So there you go. I mean, hey, look, the game wasn't really in doubt. What would be terrible is if he had that kind of a performance in a one score game and it changed everything now he's got that out of his system so just go ahead and get everything straightened out against the Niners that's uh that's about right and uh we'll see if it happens Maher could be the hero it's funny how sports works right your goat to hero or or hero to go and it just uh it just depends uh imagine yeah imagine now if he if he hits the kick to send him to the Super Bowl in a couple weeks and then what what kind of a story that'll be or or hits the Super Bowl game winning kick it's the Cowboys we're talking about I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year we'll see <laughs> I'm not going that far it's <laughs> <laughs> your bridge too far Mitch, uh, been busy for Nebraska and Coach Rule and company uh, going to be hosting more kids for the weekend they're continuing their tour and travels and what what's your what's your gut say right now with some of the the portal additions specifically some of the the high star talent that that were once at an SEC program that are now in Lincoln do you think there's going to be a bit of a learning curve or do you think you can get more of a a Trey Palmer type impact uh, or, or even a Casey Thompson type impact. I mean, that's what you're aiming for. But yeah. how, how do you feel about some of the acquisitions Nebraska's made? Yeah, good question. I wrote a whole big piece about that that'll be out tomorrow morning on the Athletic. So I'll give you a little preview of what I thought. So I gave I gave kind of an upside grade to every one of the nine transfers that are in for Nebraska, and, and I didn't count Xavier Betts and. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda in that group because they're not transferring from other schools, although both were in the portal. And I, I addressed the two of them and, and what that means for Nebraska um, in the same piece. You know, I, I think one, uh, Jeff Sims has the highest upside potential just because of the fact that he's a quarterback and he's got two years and he can be a bridge um, for this program before. Matt Rule gets um, somebody out of high school that 
um, he wants very badly. Say the name. <laughs> and, then, and then everybody, I think, wants very bad. Everybody associated with the Nebraska program obviously has their eyes on Dylan Raiola as this uh, recruiting cycle turns toward 2024. And it was, of course, Matt Rule's first stop this week when the, the doors opened back up to, to go on the road. He went to Chandler, Arizona. So, um, you know, Sims plays such an and – he, and he's more than a bridge. I mean, he can be a guy that gets this off – on a on a good foot, I think he has a, a, a high ceiling, and you know we'll see because he's going to be in a competition in, in some shape or form um, with Casey Thompson. Um, what Thompson can do in the spring, other than take mental reps and learn and learn Marcus Satterfield's offense, remains to be seen. But you know he's at the top of my list. Sims is on upside grades, and and I, you know I think that that Ben Scott, the center from from Arizona State, is the guy who is most likely to hit. Um, Nebraska last year placed you know, so much stock in getting hits out of the portal and having a high hit rate. I think it was really the only way that um, that coaching staff in 2022 could have managed to pull a, a giant turnaround was to do something like what Michigan State did the year before and hit on just about every one of 15 transfers that you bring in. And, and for Nebraska, it was more like, six or seven, and a few of them were big hits. Um, you mentioned Trey Palmer. He was the biggest, and, and Casey you know, was right there, too, because he plays that quarterback spot. But I look at Sims. I look at Scott. Um, you know, I, I look at MJ Sherman um, potentially as a guy who can give you something that you really need at an outside linebacker spot as Nebraska changes and adjusts into Tony White's defensive scheme and and you know the other guy i gave an a to was Corey call cory collier mm. the safety um who didn't necessarily live up to, or certainly didn't live up to his recruiting billing in two years at florida but he was a top 100 guy out of out of the miami um and i think can be a big help to nebraska at safety or at rover um which is another um change to this defense that we'll see with tony white Mitch, can you give me an, an under-the-radar guy Nebraska's already got in the boat uh, for, as far as the transfer portal that you think maybe not going to make an impact this season, but is going to be a guy a couple years from now or even this next season that you think we're not talking about him now, but he could be a, a really big pickup for Matt Rule and staff? Well, I'll give you one that's got to be this season because he has just one year, and that's Billy Kemp, the mm-hmm. wide receiver from Virginia. And, you know, he's played six years of college, He's only eligible because of the tragedy that happened at Virginia this November where three players were, were shot and killed, and the NCAA gave all Virginia players the opportunity to scrub that season from their eligibility charts. And Billy Kemp, as, a, as an undersized slot receiver, was going to give the NFL a shot before um, he, he received that opportunity to play another season. So with that chance he's coming to Nebraska and you know he's a seasoned guy I think he, he's 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 different from what Nebraska has at the receiver spots I mean you can certainly look at Elante Brown and say they um, they play a similar position but you know receiver is a spot where you can have two guys that that do similar things and they can both contribute and you know I think Billy Kemp while, while under the radar right now um, if he's healthy, and you know he had some injury issues this last year at Virginia, but if he's healthy, he can be a big piece in this offense and kind of a security blanket for the quarterback, whether it's Sims or, or Thompson. Nebraska's receiver room getting 
a bump, not only with Kemp, but you have Washington, presumably, and then, then Alante's done nice work, and he could have a breakout. I want to go to, to, to Betts, and what, what do you think happens moving forward? Do you think he contributes, he finds some, some stability, or is it always going to be, man, what could have been? Well, he's moving to he's moving past that. He's moving to that next step of it's that getting getting beyond what could have been. That 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 would have I think been the the forever narrative with Xavier Betts if if his departure from the team turned turned permanent. And it's just been a year, so it's not like you know he's been away from the sport for uh, 24 months or any, anything like that. You know, it's it's similar to if a guy had a a big injury um you know he's going to have to get back into the right frame of mind um you know but i think that was kind of the 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 hurdle with xavier from the beginning was he he had to make a decision coming out of high school you know maybe even when he was in high school if he had all of the passion that was necessary to play and and be the best that he could be i mean he could be an all-state kind of player even a high school all-american kind of player by without um, pouring everything that he had in, into the game of football. And I'm not knocking him. That's just his personality. And, and he has to decide and has had to make that decision as to whether he has um, the love for the game that you need to to play it at a high level if you're going to be in, in the Power Five. And, you know, he made a, a decision that he didn't um, last spring. And something has changed with him. So it'll be interesting when – you know, when he's back in the mix or when, when he decides to, to talk about that, to see what clicked. And, you know, I think some of it may have had to do, may have, have had to do with the changing situation at Nebraska. I, I, I didn't expect that Xavier was ever going to go and, and resurface at a program out of state. That didn't seem to fit with what I knew about him personally. Um, so the fact that Nebraska made a change and, and there's a different, uh, environment that exists within the Nebraska program now with Matt Rule. Um, it's something that he can see him, that, that Xavier can see himself in, and, and, and we'll see if it clicks, if it fits. Right now, they're just at the very beginning, but they've made steps, um, you know, with Matt Rule reaching out to him and, and, and bringing Xavier back into the fold with a fresh start. They've made steps to to move forward, and, you know, it, it very much remains to be seen whether it's, it's going to click, and, you know, he he turns into the the um, the athlete and the receiver that, um, that that we know he can be. You know, he's an NFL kind of talent, but it takes more than just the talent to get to that level. How do you think Rule can click or connect with um, with Xavier? Well, um, it's not just Rule; it's his coaching staff too. And he's got a guy in, in Garrett McGuire who's young. Obviously, that's the first thing you're going to say about Garrett McGuire as a receivers coach is that he's young. Um, you know, I, I think he he McGuire has like like his dad um, at Texas Tech, who went very fast from being a high school head coach to a college assistant coach to now a successful college head coach. He's got an ability to connect with uh, with football players, with people, and I think Garrett in in you know just briefly meeting him, um, I, I think he has some of those intangibles too. So. Um, you know, while you don't want to throw too much on a 23-year-old assistant coach who's never done this before, I think one thing that he'll he'll succeed at very naturally is just connecting on a personal level with players, and and that's what Xavier 
Betts needs. He needs a guy around him, somebody who's in charge of his position or in charge of the offense or in charge of the team um, as a whole, who can connect with him as a person. And, you know, I, I think he struggled to find that some, somewhat in the last couple of years at Nebraska. And even when Mickey Joseph came in and was his receivers coach, you know, Mickey was all business with those guys. That's just the way that he was. And, you know, it worked with some players and it brought out the best in some players. And then it didn't work with some guys. And there was an urgency um, that those guys had last year as, as things changed in the program. But I, I, obviously it, just, it, wasn't, it wasn't the right fit for Xavier. And he walks back in now to a completely different situation where it's a brand-new staff where everybody's at, kind of at square one. And, you know, these guys, if, if one thing that they've proved in their time, not McGuire, he hasn't been there, but one thing that, that Matt Rule and his staff have proved in their time at Temple and at Baylor as college coaches is that they're going to take a personal interest in the players that they coach. Not to say that other coaches don't, but it seems to be a strength of, of Matt Rule and, and his staff. And I, and I do think that's um, a large part of what Xavier Betts needs for him to be in an, in an environment where he succeeds. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, it flew by. Thank you much for jumping on with us. We'll get connected again and keep up the great work, bud. Okay, thanks, guys. There he is, Mitch Sherman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. We'll talk some NFL and Huskers. Chris Kelsey on the way.